Happy Friday, everyone. Thanks for joining us here on another episode of The Optimal Take. We have made it to week six, and that's not really necessarily good news because we were just talking before we started. That means that everyone is injured, which makes things a lot more difficult for us as we try to break down all of the games on this week's slate. But we do have a lot to get to. Chris, how are you feeling today? Feeling good. Uh, last night was a bit rough when you just miss out on one leg. Uh, Kenneth mm-hmm. Gainwell. Uh, Killing no, us. Hate to see it. But um, as far as what are your thoughts on this? I know you're not a huge NBA fan, but I know they have a lot of load management. It's called basically they rest players and they make them take off, you know, games to preserve them for the rest of the season. I'm wondering if a lot of these guys, especially the running back position, since they added another game to the season do you think that's what's going on giving them days off at practice or do you think that they're really hurt I know you won't know that definitively and everything's its own situation but what do you think about that idea I think that for teams that certainly are doing well and still have a shot in the long term which honestly it's only week six so realistically speaking I think that most teams do still have a chance so that could be something that they're considering right now I think that's a good strategy and i think that it's smart but it's also you got to kind of think you know are are is resting these players going to mess us up for the current game or is them being out for the current game going to screw something up for us in the short term that then screws everything up in the long term i don't know there's a there's like a balancing effect here that needs to be taken into consideration but i could see that being the case yeah for sure it definitely makes it hard on us to break down the game but luckily there's a few teams that are off on by this week and it makes it hard for people that uh, wager money on the games but we have to be quick on our toes make sure you monitor the injury report uh we got some news just a few moments ago that nick chubb's going to be ruled out so thank you cleveland browns for telling us that Quickly, I know that um, yesterday Damian Williams was ruled out. So I know you and me were talking offline about adding running backs to your fantasy football team. So definitely pay attention to the waiver wire because things are going to come in quickly. By the time that you hear this show, we're recording on a Friday afternoon. A lot of things are going to change over the weekend. So stay up to date on your phone. Yep, and we'll kick things off with our early game on Sunday in London, the Dolphins and the Jaguars. I was a little bit worried here um, for Tua because I was kind of imagining that having broken ribs or whatever his injury was and flying on a plane don't mix well, but it seems like he was good to go. I believe that they are already in London. They either flew out yesterday or arrived this morning, one of the two. And he is expected to play on Sunday. Definitely. You got to start wondering what London did to us to keep sending these awful football teams over there. (laughs) But as far as like showdown and regular fantasy, James Robinson's a great play. It's hard to back the Jaguars. I know it's probably the sharp side to bet on them just because you don't know what's going on over there. I believe Devontae Parker will be back. Uh, For me, this is a game like – Tua also will be starting. The Dolphins are a better team than the Jaguars. But this is a game I'm not waking up on on 9.30 in the morning on a Sunday to bet on. I'll play some showdown for it, but I'll be researching the main slate and following more important games at 1 o'clock at 4 p.m. Do you have any lean in this game? Do you really like this game at all? 
I don't like this game, but unfortunately, yeah. I might have to play Tua as my quarterback because I have Russell Wilson and Trey Lance is on a bye, and I don't even know if I would play Trey Lance. But He's got a bye also. So I might be stuck with Tua this weekend. We'll see. I feel it's, like that's the not only a bad option match, I honestly though. have. Yeah. yeah, it's not a bad matchup. He, the Jaguars are not great covering wide receivers. We'll see. This is an important week in, in all seriousness uh, for Tua because this is it. He has six weeks to prove that he's going to be the starter going forward, whether they make the playoffs or not, which they probably will not at this point, to secure his job as a starter for the future because Deshaun Watson's out there and a bunch of other quarterbacks, and they're going to need to make a decision rather quickly. Yep, I agree, and we'll see if Urban Meyer makes it home this time after that London trip. All right, moving on. We got the Vikings playing at the Panthers at 1 o'clock. Christian McCaffrey, unfortunately, seems to be trending in the wrong direction. He did get some limited time earlier in the week, and then he was DNP, I believe, yesterday. And it sounds like his status is looking to be doubtful for Sunday. Yeah, not the best news there. I believe Dalvin Cook is trending towards the right direction on the other side. I don't really like playing in DFS. Kirk Cousins on the road, especially on the grass. Coming into the slate, I thought that Carolina was the right side. But then as you break it down more and more, you see that Minnesota has a huge huge advantage on the defensive line now that they're fully healthy, which we pointed out last week uh, when they played against the Lions. It's just hard to back Sam Darnold or Kirk Cousins in a game that's probably going to be low scoring. They're not going to try to turn the ball over. My big question for you is DJ Moore has been bowling. We know on the other side, Jefferson and Thielen, we have to monitor their injury status because I know they missed games last week. But what's going on with Robbie Anderson, in your opinion? Last year, he was killing it. This year, he's been like a ghost out there. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. There are some games that we talked about, you know, is this going to be the game that we finally see something from Robbie Anderson? I'm really not sure what the issue is. I I, I just have no explanation there. It doesn't make any sense to me. But I was also going to mention that we were just saying all these injuries to all these players and, and you know, how they're getting their reps kind of cap maybe at practice for the sake of preserving them for game time or down the line, the Vikings for what it's worth do have a lot of injuries to some of their main stars. Davin cook was full this week, but um, Adam Thielen DNP, Justin Jefferson DNP. So there's some concerns here. I think besides Dalvin cook for the Vikings. Yeah, definitely. And, the one thing that I probably should have pointed out at the beginning of the show is if you look at last week, the public won a lot of things. And this card for this week is more like the card two weeks ago where the Jets beat the Titans. For example, you're going to see a lot of teams that are on the road that are favorites. This is a prime example. The game opened as Carolina minus three, and now Minnesota is the favorite minus two and a half, which means that a lot of money is coming on Minnesota so far. It's probably not a game that I would have a lean on as of this recording, but to have Dalvin Cook back in the game is pretty huge. The best bet probably in this game would be the under. It's something I I wouldn't exactly touch or recommend for anybody. If you have a different lean, that's fine, but I just don't see them slinging it 
with Sam Darnold or Kirk Cousins much in this game with two teams that have pretty good defenses that are getting healthier now. I agree. All right, we can move on to another ugly game, the Texans at the Colts. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a weird game because a lot of people are going to take Colts and Survivor, and I totally understand that. They're minus 10, they're at home. Might be difficult to stop Jonathan Taylor, but this game could go several different ways. The Colts defense could be someone interesting to pick up in fantasy football if you are of the belief that the Colts are going to run all over um, the Texans. You could look to pick up T.Y. Hilton on your injured reserve if you have that option for regular fantasy. Pittman had a great game the other day. It's just so hard because the Colts and the Texans, with the Colts, they don't have a lot of superstars. They spread the ball around a lot. And Marlon Mack, he's been involved heavily recently. He's actually surpassed uh, Naheem Hines on the Colts side. As far as the Houston Texans go, Davis Mills gave you guys on the Patriots a little bit of a scare. I uh, wouldn't mm-hmm. really be interested in the running game. As far as wide receivers go, the Colts are really banged up in the secondary. That's how Lamar came back on them last week. Brandon Cooks remains a must start. This game is interesting, though, because it opened at 48. It's dropped down to 43 and a half, and the point spread is minus 10. I don't believe that the Texans will win this game, but 10 is a lot of points to give someone in a divisional game. You could take it for Survivor if you want because you could say to yourself, well, I don't think I'll ever take the Colts again. But as far as Carson Wentz goes, he played his best game that he's ever played in about three years, and they still lost the game. The Texans play zone defense. Carson Wentz should tear that apart. It could turn into a beautiful, ugly shootout, but I'm not sure how the game goes. That's my original lean right now also pick up mo alley cox if you need a tight end he's pretty solid yeah i think it's it it does put the colts kind of in this letdown spot i feel like it's kind of like the patriots a couple weeks ago when they had that crazy uh sunday night game against the buccaneers and almost won and then they played the texans last week and almost lost that game so yeah i don't know You know what's funny, too? I was looking at it. If they beat the Texans and the Titans, which we'll get into later, lose to the Bills, they're only one game out of first place. So they're not dead yet, the Colts. Yeah, the Titans are another issue. We'll get to them later, but that team is just so frustrating. Uh, We move on. We'll go on to the Bengals at the Lions. Sounds like an ugly game, but I feel like there's a lot of fantasy points to be scored here. Definitely. I feel bad for Detroit. They can't get a win. They keep getting so close. They just kept chargers. Yeah, of this season. The coach was actually crying. I felt bad for him, Dan Campbell. I know we had made fun of him for talking about biting kneecaps and whatnot. (laughs) (laughs) On the Bengals side of the ball, good news. I know we were talking about running backs earlier. Looks like we don't have to worry about Joe Mixon. He's supposed to get a full workload this week. Uh, It's minus three and a half once again on the road. Joe Burrow, I believe, logged a full practice. Any update on him? Uh, If you could look that up, but I'll I'll keep talking. He was full. He was full. Okay, cool. So that's good. I know he had a throat issue last week. I was on the Bengals to beat the Packers last week, which was very frustrating because they kept missing field goals, both teams and extra Mm -hmm. points. It was a bit wild. Um, this game could be a fantasy explosion, but it could also be because Detroit and Cincinnati are very banged up right now. 
Jamal Williams was injured. They may lean more on DeAndre Swift, and they're starting. Jared Goff went to the media and said he wants to get Amron St. Brown more involved. Hawkinson is injured. The defense has been allowing the most fantasy points to running backs and wide receivers. So good luck trying to figure out which Bengal it is. I guess you got to roll with Chase, but Higgins and Boyd should be involved. But I don't know if Detroit's really going to push them that much. The total's 48. It just might be a game where the Bengals beat them, but I think the spread is minus three and a half. They narrowly do it. It's it's just kind of an ugly game to me. I mean, if you see it a different way where you think that the game shoots out, that's fine. I think Cincinnati's defense is a little underrated. I think a stack of Mixon and Bengals' defense could be intriguing. Yeah, I also was thinking the same thing about the Bengals' defense and how they kind of came into the season and their offseason moves were kind of questionable about who they were picking up to add to that defense because that's one of the things that they really struggled with last season. But I do think that their defense is one of the more underrated defenses of the league, and we've seen that with some of these close games that they've been playing that game kind of reminded me of what was it the Vikings and was it the Vikings and the Bengals in week one that knocked yes. me out of survivor that yeah. they kept missing. They fum- they were fumbling the ball. They were missing field goals. It was, it was a painful ending. Yeah, for sure. I got nervous last week because in one of my 1 PM lineups, Burrow got injured and that lineup was doing really, really well, but the kid came back in to the game. So I, I thought that was, that was a, uh, took a lot for him to do that, which was yeah. was good for me. I cashed. But I just feel like uh, they're not going to push Burrow to, to pass that much. You could get points early, but if the Bengals do win, they may not, with his throat injury, want to push him that much. And I don't really see Jared Goff like, answering back with the weapons that he has. Uh, their, Cephas is now out for the year. Definitely looking to picking up Amron St. Brown. He's been getting talked up a lot. Yes. All right. We'll move on to one of the more interesting games, I think, on the one o'clock slate. You have the Chargers at the Ravens, both four and one. It's interesting. Yeah, no, this is probably the game of the 1 p.m. slate. Uh, The spread has dropped a lot, minus two and a half. Baltimore opened up minus five and a half. Totals high, 51. But I was also going to say, I think that a big part of why that spread has dropped as much as it has is because of Lamar Jackson's injury concerns, but he was out with an illness of some sort for practice a couple of days this week, but he is back. He's back. Yes. Um, I think it's more of a spot situation. The chargers are really killing it right now. They, they outright should have lost to the Browns last week and they covered good teams beat Vegas. Vegas can't keep up with this team right now. It looks like, the Chargers head coach, Brandon Stanley, has a great shot to win coach of the year. And the thing about the Ravens is people don't realize this because they hate on Lamar. They're a pass-first team now. And it's hard to beat the Chargers when you pass first. It's also a rough spot because they came all the way back on Monday night. And in a short week, while they do get to travel home, playing the Chargers, that's one less day to prepare. So that's kind of a difficult spot. And it's hard to beat the Chargers if you're a pass-first team. You have to run like the Browns did, and they had a a bunch of success on them. It's going to come down to Lamar again, and he's answered the bell all season long. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see. I think for Baltimore, for regular fantasy, if he probably is picked up by now, but Rashad Bateman is someone to pick up. Uh, He should be making his return by Sunday. Andrews and Hollywood Brown have been bowling. I would prefer Andrews in this spot. 
I wish I knew who the Ravens running back was, but I don't. As far as Baltimore goes, Marlon Humphrey, the number one cornerback, has been outstanding this year, but the two and three has not been. So I would think that since Humphrey plays in the slot, I would target Big Mike Williams for DFS, who continues to ball out. He should, uh, Marlon Humphrey should guard Keenan Allen. And Austin Eckler should continue his dominant season because Baltimore's having a tough time covering pass catching running backs. It definitely could be a shootout game, one of the more exciting games on the slate, but it's going to come down to can uh, Lamar Jackson answer with this difficult defense. A lot of teams, even though they the Browns put up 50 points last week or whatever they did, 40-something, not many teams have been able to do that to the Chargers. Isn't it funny how things have changed, though? We were talking about this a lot, I think, in the offseason about how much of a different team this is going to be. And I'm talking about the Chargers coming into this year with a different coach. They had so many issues on defense last year. And sure, they made some offseason moves to improve that. But I think the biggest change for this team has been coaching and having a defensive-minded coach, which I was kind of against at first. I know that you were telling me it's good, but I was kind of against it at first. I wasn't sure if that was going to help Herbert, but – it really has allowed this team to improve so much. Oh, yeah, for sure. And after our conversation about that, too, which I found interesting, he was actually a quarterback in college. And Hmm. then he switched the defensive side of the ball. He had a really good speech the other day about the Raiders situation. You could look that up on your own time for the people listening at home. Um, He's just a good dude. So I think that this will definitely be a game that I stack or have one-offs of. Um, for DFS, but I'm excited for this game. Definitely one of the best games on the slate. All right, we'll move on to the Chiefs at Washington here. Interesting-ish game. We'll see if Washington's defense could finally show up this season. What do you think here? Oh, my gosh. I just logged into Twitter, and it said uh, Terry McLaurin logs DMP hamstring yes. injury. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. Good. Curtis Samuel's already out for that game, too. I saw that. And, of course, Logan Thomas is out. Yeah, by Ricky Seals-Jones. He's been crushing it. So, anyway, with this game, I think that this game has sneaky shootout potential uh, both ways if if Terry uh, plays. mm -hmm. You know? Taylor Heineke uh, makes for some interesting stacks for DFS. The only difficult part with that is it's going to be hard to get creative with that. Uh, because I would imagine everyone would just have Ricky Seals, Jones, and Terry as the stack partner. I think the sneaky player in this game is Antonio Gibson. If if he could continue to play healthy or McKissick, if you nail that the right way, because the Chiefs' defense has been abysmal this year, stopping the run, stopping the tight end. As far as the other side goes, the Chiefs have a lot of injury concern. Darrell Williams, McKissick, they brought up uh, Elijah McGuire. We're not really sure how the running backs – will play it plan out this week as far as touch counts. I would assume that it goes to Darrell Williams. Tyree kills a little banged up. Uh, Kelsey's price on DraftKings dropped a lot, which is kind of weird. So definitely advised to play him. Just have to see what goes down with uh, me. Miko Hardman, who has 20 targets the past two weeks, which is insane. We'll just have to, this is a game that you just have to monitor as far as injuries go, which is very odd to see the Chiefs with this record and kind of a do-or-die type game. I do like Heineke on the other side. He's cheap, and this is probably his last game that he's going to start, so he's just going to ball out if he has to because Fitzpatrick's returning next week. 
So he has nothing to I, lose, really. I don't really understand this spread or the over-under on this game. It's at 54 and a half. It's a really high total for two teams that have a lot of injuries. I, I don't understand that at all. Is that just, I guess, them assuming that the Chiefs have all these injuries on defense and that you can throw on them or you could run on them. And I guess Washington's defense not looking as good. I, I just, I don't no, understand. It's, it's, a, it's a good question. Um, I mean, look at it like this. The saints barely did anything last week and they were throwing all over Washington. Atlanta threw all over Washington. The Patriots are, you know, all these teams, uh, not the Patriots, rather the giants, Daniel Jones, rather. So imagine what Mahomes is going to do. It's, it's difficult. It's it's hard to imagine that we've gotten to this point where the Chiefs are playing against Washington. You have to question if they're going to cover a seven-point spread just because they cannot cover. This defense is so bad. But Washington's defense has not lived up to the hype. But one nugget about this game, and I'm not going to make the same mistake that I made the last time I said this, so I'll have it both ways. Ron Rivera is on the Andy Reid uh, coaching tree so they he was part of his defensive staff at, when they were on the Eagles together so he knows a lot of the tricks that Andy Reid's gonna pull it's not like he's changed much in the past and I know I said that during the Browns Minnesota game and then I got really high on it so note to myself and the listeners out there just be careful it might not be like just uh, said the shootout that you expect it to be yeah and also a little tidbit that just came in Sammy Watkins officially ruled out and Rashad Bateman is off IR and set to make his NFL debut on Sunday. Nice. Very good. Good for him. Yeah. He's a very I'll good have player. to. I think he's still available in both of my leagues. So I'll have to go and snag him up here shortly. Scoop him up. Yes. All right. As we move on to the Packers at the Bears, another one o'clock game here. Think it'll be a closer game than people expect. No, definitely for sure. We spoke about it last week with the Packers. I'll continue to say that on the road they're not as good. The Bears at home are good. Big injury news in this game. Damian Williams is out with COVID. So is that confirmed? Have- I, I thought he was I thought that it was in question and that he had a chance to still play. Once again, I'm not a doctor. No, I'm just <laughs> No, but the way uh, so far this year, you are correct. He hasn't officially been ruled out yet, so I misspoke. But so far, anyone that's been placed on the list has not played mm-hmm. because I don't have access or not to if they have their COVID shot or not. But most gotcha. of the players yeah. in the NFL do have it. But considering that it's, what, Friday? Yeah, the news broke yesterday, Thursday. He has to pass mm-hmm. two, yeah. two, two COVID tests right. before Sunday. So most likely in like in the Dallas Goddard situation, it's right. hard for you to get that done even with the shot. So, right. And also uh, the bigger news I would say is Alan Robinson's injury. Yeah. I mean, him suiting up or not playing this year has been basically the same thing. I don't understand why they're not getting him involved. It's very frustrating. Mooney has been um, Justin Fields main number one target. I thought this was a potential breakout spot against the Packers secondary that's really banged up. But if he doesn't go, then it's all hands on deck for Mooney. As far as the Packers go, Devontae Adams is in a great spot, regardless if the Packers cover or not, because another road favorite in this game. 
I'm not uh, too sure what's going to go down with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon because A.J. Dillon's been involved a lot lately. I don't know if they're trying to preserve him because he's had some injuries, but I don't know. I feel like this game could be a sneaky shootout, but it could also be a very slow-paced game. I think that you're right. The Bears kind of got to let Justin Fields be unleashed. Maybe with all the injuries, they just let him run around more and get you some sneaky fantasy points. Maybe need a game script where the Packers put on points first and he comes from behind like uh, the Bengals game last week. Yeah, I definitely don't see this as a fast-paced game. And I think that's indicated by the total. It's only 44. So I definitely – I would lean towards it not shooting out, but – same and then as far as history goes these two teams Aaron Rodgers has dominated the Bears in Chicago I think he's won something like 13 out of 14 games in Chicago Hmm. but new times new team all right moving on to another new team new times and that's playing the same team that stinks (laughs) the Rams at the Giants womp womp Rams are four and one. Giants are one and four. No, of course. Uh, the Giants, it seems like, are trending in the right direction of play. Uh, last week, they were keeping it close with the Cowboys, and then everybody got hurt. Kind of mm-hmm. crazy. I'm interested to see what the Giants do with Kadarius Tony if Slayton and Shepard come back. Did you get a chance to see that game last week or not really? Uh, I only saw a couple plays out of it. Yeah, Devontae Booker then. He was heavily involved, definitely someone to consider to pick up in fantasy. Um, Let me see what else. Daniel Jones is going to start. It's a high total and a high spread. This may be a donkey pick, but I think I'm leaning with the Rams here. I don't care. I just think that they're going to win the game. Usually I don't like taking road teams laying this many points at 1 o'clock. I could be wrong, but they've had since last Thursday to prepare for the Giants. I don't know if the Giants are going to be able to put up that many points against this team. There's a lot of matchups that favor the Rams. Henderson should have a great game. You have Stafford called. I feel like Deshaun Jackson owns the Giants. Might be someone sneaky to score a touchdown. Higby's could have a great game. There's just a ton of advantages. If Stafford is healthy and they don't you know, take the Giants for granted, then this could be a great spot for the Rams. Definitely a lot of different ways to play this game. What do you make of the total and the spread of this game? I just wanted to say one thing before I answer that question. I think that it's I think that it's interesting that everyone points out how stacked Tampa Bay is with regards to, you know, how many how how deep they are at every position. Right. But I also feel like the Rams are kind of in that same boat. I mean, they have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. And they have guys like Van Jefferson. They have guys. They just have all these players that can kind of fit in Mm -hmm. behind, you know, their their main guys. And I feel like that's a really big strength for the Bucs. Now, of course, they have all their injuries to their running backs for the Rams. And that's Mm -hmm. a big concern. But I was just thinking about that as you were saying that. And the Rams can beat you in a lot of ways with a lot of different players. Yeah, and it's funny, too, because we talked before the season when we were doing our prep work on the teams about the Rams' depth. The offensive depth has been something that surprised me. Um, The Rams' issues always been, like last year when they lost in the playoffs, they lost Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald, and then the team was done. They 
did lose a lot of depth pieces and coaches because if you walk up to Sean McVay and say hi to him, you'll get a job in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But in all, in all seriousness, they have two of the best players on the field at all times, and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. It's I'm not sure about the Rams. We just have to see it play out. Maybe it's just my bias against Matthew Stafford being a big-game quarterback compared to Tom Brady, but he beat him head-to-head. So, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. There's definitely going to be someone involved in the future come January in the playoffs. Yeah, and back to your question about the spread, it's a lot of points, 10 points. Right. And also, that being said, it's a high total. I feel like if you're taking the Rams to lay the points, you got to take the under here. What do you have it at? I see it at 48 and a half. Yep. That's what I got it at, too. Yeah, I think this is a game that could be even a sneaky shootout game, depending on game script, if Daniel Jones is healthy. But I don't like taking Daniel Jones at home. i rather, as we spoke about, take him on the road. He performs better. But it's something to put to the side and as you make your your lineups and whatnot. This might be just better to add pieces like Henderson and Cup and do like a mini stack and then put that with Baltimore and Chargers or Washington and Chiefs, which might be better games and better game environments. Because the last time these two teams played not too long ago, much different quarterback, the final score was like 17 to 6 with uh, Goff and they just dominated them the whole game. But anyway, moving along. All right, we'll close out the 1 o'clock slate there and move on to 4 o'clock. We have the Cardinals, the undefeated Cardinals, I should say, at the Browns. And it does look like this game is going to be rather windy. I think the fact that it's rather windy plays in the hands of the uh, the, the Cleveland Browns, rather, excuse me. Do you remember those games last year where they couldn't even pass whatsoever? Yes, but... Both of their running backs are questionable. I know we mentioned Nick Chubb, but Kareem Hunt also has, I believe it was some sort of wrist injury or something, and he's questionable to play on Sunday too. So as insurance, before we went on the air, I picked up Dearness Johnson or Felton in almost all of my leagues, and I, I would probably suggest for people to do that too. While it could be the Kareem Hunt show, I'm not exactly sure how the the – Running back touches will be distributed. An important note of this game is Jarvis Landry is returning this week. So he may be someone that gets a lot of targets. OBJ, if the wind is not crazy. Yeah, but he gets a lot of short targets. So he's mm-hmm. he gets like those low dot ones. You know, speaking of people disappearing is OBJ. Could you imagine a couple of years ago if I would have told you that they were going to score like 90 points total and he would only get like 22 yards. I don't know what's going on over there with him. Yeah. I think that the Browns have just kind of retreated to more of their run first offense. And I also think that it has a little bit more to do with their defense playing better. And I feel like they've sort of slowed down their pace of play in games. Yeah, definitely. That's true. But last week they scored so many points versus the Chargers. They put up almost 100 points combined, and he wasn't even involved at all. It's just weird, you know? I don't know. Something's up over there. Just yeah, I was, just, I was just looking gust around 30 miles per hour in that game, which isn't crazy, but that should at least impact the game somewhat. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you could be contrarian and try to play it that way, but I, I really wouldn't suggest that for tournaments. As far as the Arizona side goes, um, Edmonds was fine last week. Uh, Kyler Murray, they really uh, 
kind of got lucky with a few of their plays. Trey Lance got stopped at the end zone. That was tough. And then it looked like a sack that the NFL later admitted should have been a safety. But lo and behold, we're here. Rodney Hudson, the starting center, is out. So that's going to affect their running game. He's probably their best run game blocker. And Murray has a shoulder injury again like he did last year. And that's when he started to struggle. DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, DeAndre Hopkins has missed practice a lot this week, but an illness. I think that um, Rondell Moore could be involved more due to their tight end being out for the season. He was targeted a bunch last week. So we'll just have to wait and see. I I don't know if we mentioned it earlier, but Zach Ertz was just recently acquired, which is another weapon for Murray. Great move by them. But, yeah, I think that the, the Browns are a solid pick this week. I would definitely say they're one of my locks of the week. I I don't know. I can see the Cardinals still winning this one. It, the spread is only three points. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. But with all these teams that are on the road, they're an undefeated team. The Browns have not played great this year. They've had a very easy schedule. The Cardinals shouldn't have beaten the Vikings. We're losing to the Jaguars. They That's true. They are not basically the case with these two teams is I'll speed things up. The Cardinals are not as good as their record is. They're a good team. I'll give them credit. And the Browns are not as bad as their record is because they played against think of who they've lost to. They lost to the Chiefs. They lost to the Chargers. It's a difficult schedule. There's other teams involved there too, and they're finally getting healthy. Jadavion Clowney's coming back and a bunch of other guys. Jarvis Landry. Before the season started, we all had high hopes for the Browns. We did not have high hopes for the Cardinals. What has really changed? And now you have 20-mile-an-hour wins. It would have definitely helped them if they had Nick Chubb. That would have been really hard. But they've been in this situation before. You know, we've spoke about that at length. Hunt could go off or one of those other running backs. Fair point. All right, we move on to one of your favorite games of the week. The Cowboys at the Patriots, which makes no sense. Again, with the spread and the total. I think one of the biggest concerns for the Cowboys is their star cornerback was DNP and is in question of play, Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, that's that's what really stood out to me when I texted you yesterday. I was like, isn't this total extremely high in the spread a little weird? I always get nervous around those 4 p.m. games. It's just odd to see that um, the spread – opened as New England minus one and a half. Dallas is the only undefeated ATS team in the NFL. And now you're telling me Diggs might miss the game. And I'm pretty sure someone on Dallas's offensive line might miss the game as well. Do you have their Yeah, they have. They do have quite a few injuries here. Not too many. I'm just looking through right now. You got Trayvon Diggs as DNP. One of their safeties as DNP. Elliot's Ezekiel Elliott's really banged up with a hip injury as well. But he was limited though, so that's good. Yeah, he'll play. He's he's tough, but everyone else was limited. Yeah. It's just very weird to me because it's such a high total. I could understand why, you know, Dallas is the spread. It's just one of those pros versus Joe's games where the professionals are probably on the pa- uh the Patriots at three and a half and Dallas could probably still win the game. But um, are there any weather concerns in this game at all? I don't think that the rain is going to get in there just in time for that game. 
Yeah, I just don't see how this game scores a lot of points because Dallas hasn't really um I know everyone thinks of Dak as being throwing it all over the field, but aside for Dalton Schultz, he hasn't really thrown that much this year. He's been relying more on his defense in the run. They've been such a balanced team. I know Dallas is second in the league in giving up passing yards, so that kind of matches up well for the Patriots. Getting into regular fantasy, I'm not sure if Damian Harris is going to play or not. Uh, would consider picking up Ramondre Stevenson, who we spoke about since the preseason. This might be his, his opportunity to start. I know the running backs coach was talking him up. If he doesn't get the crack, Brandon Bolden is the passing down back. But uh, as far as the Cowboys go, Cooper is still a little banged up. Lamb has a solid matchup in the slot. Jacoby Myers looking for his first touchdown of the year. Uh, Dalton Schultz has been balling. He has like 10 more targets the past two weeks than anybody else in the team. I don't believe Michael Gallup's going to be activated this week. But Mac Jones is kind of a, a sneaky player if the weather does hold up because of the way that Dallas's defense sets up and New England's rush defense sets up. So you can make a nice stack out of that if you could pick uh, the right Patriots wide receiver in this game. Maybe if Diggs is out, Nelson Aguilar or Bourne go off, and not many people will play this game from the Patriots side, so I'll definitely have that in some tournaments with a bunch of Cowboys. But I don't know. This game is a very odd to me. Like the, the way the spread is, considering how they played against the Texans last week, the Patriots almost lost outright. I don't know. Very odd. Yeah, and I think it's also funny because the Patriots – I don't think anyone in this league is as hard on their players as the Patriots are when they screw up. I think it's so funny the way that one of their running backs will fumble the ball and you won't hear from them for like five or six weeks. For example, Ramondre Stevenson, he was so good in the preseason week one. I think they played Miami and they fumbled and basically, or rather Ramondre Stevenson fumbled the ball and basically cost them that game and we didn't hear from him until, I believe, what, last week? Yeah, no, for sure. And Damian Harris, I believe, fumbled the ball last week, plus his injury. So I I think that they're going to probably blame it on the injury for his lack of time on the field this week. But I wouldn't be surprised if Ramondre Stevenson is the guy this week. And J.J. Taylor, I think, also fumbled the ball either last week or the week before that. So he's also back in the doghouse. Yeah, no, for sure. Another thing I wanted to point out before we moved on, since it's not in a lot of games, it's whatever. The Cowboys have played three straight, uh, three straight games at home. This is their first game on the road. And New England's a tough place to play. A lot of people last week said that Belichick was, you know, kind of taking the Texans for granted and looking ahead more towards this game after, you know, the week before he was looking at the uh, game versus Tampa Bay, which has been circled for over a year. So I don't know. You could tell yourself a story whatever way you want. It's hard to go against the Dallas Cowboys right now, but I just think that number at four and a half, that's a lot of points to lay. Maybe I'm thinking too much about Bill Belichick. It's not even like he plays on the field or not. You're basically betting on the coach. But uh, Dak, this is a huge game for him. Primetime game at four o'clock. Everybody's going to be watching it. So maybe he could claim his MVP uh, at stake here. But yeah, that's that's all I got for this game. All right. We move on to the Raiders at the Broncos with the Raiders having a ton of injuries. Yeah, definitely. What do you what do you have as far as their injuries go? Just update me on that. I haven't really seen that much on this game. 
I have Josh Jacobs on their injury report. I have a lot of linebackers, um, cornerbacks, honestly, a little bit of everything here. Now, a lot of these guys did practice in full, so that's good news. Yeah. But still. All right. The spread is five and a half. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The spread is minus four. It opened at minus three and a half. I looked up historically, and you could do this on your own too for the people at home and you too, Jess. Every time that these teams play, it's always within one to two points. I know the team is in disarray, and I said something similar about that when the Jaguars-Urban Mars situation went down. I don't think it's that big of a deal as, as far as a professional. I think that there's actually an old gambling trick where if you hire a new coach, you actually – cover the game the next game they could kick their ass um excuse me for cursing i don't even know if i could say that but (laughs) um as far as denver goes they could just outright destroy them if you know they have all these injuries but is the spread worth almost a full point because john gruden got fired i don't think so it's still the same exact team i think that it's a divisional game it'll be close there's always weird things that happen between Denver and the Raiders. Denver's probably the right side. Um, Melvin Gordon's been kind of banged up, so hopefully Javante Williams finally busts out. I think that Denver, surprisingly, has been one of the worst teams against deep passes in the NFL this year. They have shut down a lot of short passes because they blitz a lot. Derek Carr has been really good against the blitz this year. I know that sounds crazy. So it could be a bust-out game for like a Darren Waller or Henry Ruggs that'll have lower ownership compared to these other games at 4 o'clock that may get overlooked when you have, you know, the Cardinals on the slate or the Cowboys. I think that that's kind of sneaky. Last week, Denver, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, something was a, looked a little off about him because of the concussion versus Pittsburgh. It was a close game. So we'll just have to wait and see. Carr got knocked out of the game last week. It was, you know, late-breaking news in regards to those emails. So the Bears were probably the right side on that one. But what do you think about this game? I agree with you that I feel like the right side is Denver here. I don't think that anything really changed for the Raiders. There might be maybe some morale issues, if that. But I I don't know. I just think that... Denver is a much better team overall mm-hmm. compared to the Raiders here. So I would stick with Denver. Yeah. I mean, I probably wouldn't take the game necessarily unless I find out more news, but um, we'll just have to wait and see. I know for regular fantasy, Jerry Judy comes back next week. So that could be a sneaky ad if he's been dropping your league. Sutton and Noah Font are great players. They're in good spots, but might not, be the offensive shootout compared to a game like Cleveland and Arizona or Dallas and New England. So it might be a no-touch type of a game from a betting standpoint. But I, I, if you're going to take the game, I would not take Denver minus four. That's way too many points, in my opinion, for a divisional game that I'm telling you, something weird is going to happen in this game. It's going to be a weird game. It always is. Every year when these two teams play against each other, something odd happens. Yeah, and also as we were talking, a little injury news on early game we talked about, Devontae Parker is out. Womp womp for the Dolphins. I guess more targets for Waddle and Gusecki and Gaskin, who had a solid week last week. 
Yeah. All right. We move on to our night game on Sunday night, which for the first time in a couple weeks, in my opinion, is not a great game. We have the Seahawks at the Steelers. I should say the quarterbackless Seahawks at the, I would argue, quarterbackless Steelers. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Jess, you're right. Very strange game on Sunday night. They tried to flex it out, but there's not a bunch of great games on this schedule in general, so they couldn't flex it out. And now we're stuck with two backup quarterbacks at this point of their careers in Big Ben and Geno Smith. I know this is going to be a popular game in Survivor, and while I do think Pittsburgh is the right side, Big Ben being a favorite in primetime just scares the hell out of me. I would not touch this game whatsoever. There's That's a lot of points, too. I know they're yeah. playing at home, but five and a half points – for what it's worth, Geno Smith didn't look that bad last right. time, but still. Yeah, it just it just scares me. I know Pittsburgh plays against Cleveland next week, but I would definitely not lay that many points. But you could argue that some people are worth more to a spread than other quarterbacks are. For example, when Aaron Rodgers got out for the season a few years ago, the Vegas books could not make a right spread for Brett Hundley for like three weeks. Same thing when Tom Brady got knocked out and, you know, so forth and so on. I don't know. I don't really have a huge opinion on this game other than that Seattle is not great at stopping the run. So Najee Harris will have a solid game here. And it opened up a lot last week when Juju Smith-Schuster got knocked out of the game. Chase Claypool had a bunch of targets. Big Ben lend, uh, leaned on him a lot. One thing to he really went at, off. Yeah, I was happy about that. Yeah, it was a great start. Um, one thing to look forward to is to see if they get Pat, Pat Fryermuth more involved. But I think that it's just going to be Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, and Chase Claypool. Big Ben knows that he has to win this game, so he's going to get his big players involved. Pittsburgh defense isn't a bad start versus Geno Smith. Uh, I don't know if Chris Carson's going to play. I don't know if DK Metcalf is going to play. Yeah, it seemed like Carson was not trending in the right direction. And I did see a DK Metcalf was also DNP this week. So not good news. No, late Sunday night game. I know DK has been banged up for a few weeks. I don't really see Geno Smith and Tyler Lockett having a great connection. He's more of a uh, tactician route runner. It will probably be lean more on DK Metcalf. So overall, not great game environment but you never know primetime games just scare the crap out of me look at last night the eagles did not play well and they still ended up covering the game the colts covered against baltimore they almost won the game outright primetime's just weird weird stuff happens yep and we move on to another weird game here on monday night with the bills and the Titans, and it looks like the Titans will get Julio Jones back, which is good news. A.J. Brown is there, but we still have yet to hear from him all season. Maybe this will be finally the night that we see something more from A.J. Brown. I will not hold my breath. The Bills don't really have anything major with regards to injuries on their side of the ball. Yeah, when I started digging into this uh, game, I thought that it was quite interesting that the two games from the Bills season last year that really stood out were the Chiefs game that they lost and the Titans game that they lost in the COVID. It was like a Tuesday night game. I don't know, something mm-hmm. weird. Looking. And the Titans really abused them in that game. And it was in Tennessee and they had a great game plan. 
I feel like this is a game that's been circled for a while for Josh Allen. I know that it's going to be difficult because every single teaser parlay is going to come down to this game. So Vegas is going to really need the Tennessee Titans in this game. And I don't think it matters. I think Josh Allen is just on a wrecking course right now. He's getting revenge on everybody. It's just how you approach this game in terms of will they be able to slow down Derrick Henry? Their defenses looked good. I know uh, I was doubting it last week based on who they played, but they really shut down the Chiefs. Much different offense here. But my question to you is, if you had to make a touchdown prop bet for this game, would you go to Diggs, who hasn't scored in a while, or would you go a different direction? I think I'd go Julio Jones. That's a great call. He's got the best matchup. I like Julio Jones. Derrick Henry is DMP this week, but he should be fine to go. He's on, um, he's on pace for like 500 touches. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Diggs is is probably a safe bet for that. If you yeah. wanted a little bit of a riskier bet, maybe Julio. I mean, it's not even it, it's not even a riskier bet. Just maybe get a little bit more value with him being out. Yeah, Julio, if he's going to score, is, is a good pick because he scores in bunches. So he has a good yeah. matchup, and less attention is going to be on him because A.J. Brown is is kind of like that. But the funny part is about A.J. Brown that I wanted to point out to you, and I'm not saying to, to bet on him or whatever, but last year, through the first four weeks, it was the same exact situation. Mm-hmm. He was started all very slow, and then he played against the Bills, and he had his breakout game. Much different defense, obviously, a much different situation. But I wouldn't even be shocked if Ryan Tannehill ran one in because the tempo of this game is going to be really high-paced. It's going to be a lot more passing. So it's it could go in a, a bunch of different directions. Sanders has been balling lately. Cole Beasley is really taking a backseat. And Gabe Davis, who are two guys that were doing really well last year, along with Diggs, they haven't really needed them, but I'm sure they'll have their games down the line. Zach Moss is a good buy low right now, a running back for people. He has a really easy schedule. Gets like the Jaguars, the Jets after this game. And low-key, he's been balling. He's been distancing himself from Singletary. And Knox has scored in four straight games. Not the best matchup, but it doesn't really matter. You know, he could still have a solid game, might not score. But he really, Josh Allen's really locked into him recently. So I know we had suggested picking him up last week. Yes, we did. All right. Anything else on week six? Oh, uh, not really. If you know, good luck to everybody in their regular fantasy leagues and survivor picks. I think this is going to be a strange week because there's a few games that you're going to circle and target as the best games on the slate. And as we said, there's a lot of road favorites, which could lead to a lot of unders and a lot of weird things happening. Starting. Last night, we saw a lot of weird things take place. It's going to be more of a sharp week after, meaning the professionals will cover more compared to the public week. Last week, the public won everything. So Vegas is going to get their money back this week. That's my opinion. All right. Sounds good. Everyone have a wonderful week six. Hopefully you can take home some good tickets and we'll be back next week. Peace.